If you're a modern gentleman who's trying to improve his dating life without the awful apps, then you may be seeing this as a chronology of certain skill sets that you need to learn, starting with getting over the fear of approaching strangers, then going and saying hi, getting into some kind of conversation, trying to make that conversation fun and flirtatious, asking for numbers, getting the girl on the date, and then what happens after that, well, we'll see. And it's understandable because there's a logic to that. A lot of people view their learning in terms of what is the next thing in front of me. Okay, I don't know A, so I'm going to have to start by learning A, which is fair enough. But in my experience teaching thousands of men the art of seduction, it is the men who give it a go at trying to open and give it a go at trying to close and are working towards the end result that actually get the fastest and most effective results. The guys that are kind of meticulously working incrementally step by step on just their opener and then just their next line and then just the basics of conversation. All right, so they're taking this in a you know step-by-step manner. It means that you might get really good at saying the first 10 seconds of words, but that's you know less than 1% of a seduction, right? Yeah, we have to go and start talking to the girl, but there's a lot more to it. And it is ultimately your abilities in the bedroom that will define your confidence with women. Right, because if you're you know excellent at approaching and excellent at taking girls on dates and having fun flirty banter, but you suck in the bedroom, it's kind of hard to deliver on your promise, and it's hard for you to be able to actually be grounded, confident, to know that you've got this, to be able to project the right type of intent into a woman's eyes that makes her sizzle if you don't got the goods. So if you'd like to develop this end game confidence, stick around because today I'm going to reveal to you five characteristics and habits of men who are gods in the bedroom. Welcome to the Natural Lifestyles Podcast with your hosts, James Marshall and Liam McRae, where we will be diving deep into the issues of modern masculinity, seduction, dating, lifestyle design, sexuality, psychedelics, you name it. This is the Natural Lifestyles Podcast. What do master lovers do in the bedroom? Number one, they understand the first three strokes. So many men skip over foreplay altogether or just give a kind of cursory attempt at it. So few men know how to turn a woman on psychologically and physically before they penetrate her. And even worse, when they first put it in, often they just kind of shove it in. It's really important to understand that fucking hard is great. Lots of women like to be banged hard, but not on the first three strokes. Give her a little time. It's really important to do what I call docking, which is where you nuzzle aside the pussy lips, gently put the head of your cock in and allow the vagina to actually draw you or suck you in and then to reshape around you. So that first stroke especially should be kind of excruciatingly slow. It should take up to a minute for that first penetration because this allows time for the woman's body to reshape, to get used to you, to lubricate, for her to get actually properly turned on. The second stroke and the third stroke will be, you know, have a little bit of momentum and maybe we need more to slow strokes to ease her into it, or maybe she's now ready and warmed up, and now you can bang her hard. Number two, the master lover understands how to implement variety in the bedroom. Now, even if what you're doing with your partner, long-term partner, for example, is good, right? You know her body and you know how to get her off. If you do the same thing, more or less, every single time, the same sequence of events in the same location, it becomes extremely predictable, and therefore, over time, it becomes boring. Right, like Even if someone cooks you the most amazing steak every single day, pretty soon you'll be sick of steak. You want at least some kind of spices or garnishes or to alternate it with something else. So the master lover understands how to move a woman through different peaks and troughs of different types of intensity. Right, So he will be able to be tender 
and subtle with his touch to have, you know, like intimate lovemaking. And he'll also be able to shift into more intensity, into more dominance, into more aggression as and when needed, creating this different bandwidth of sensation and also psychological impact is going to be the thing that keeps a woman excited, anticipating new things, and is going to create a powerful polarity between the pair. If you're always just doing slow lovemaking, two pumps slowly per second with the waves crashing in the background and the soft light filter behind you, although this can be, and is, a beautiful thing to experience with a partner, it is more on the frequency side of sex as opposed to the frictional polarity side of sex. It has its own delicious flavor, but it's only one type of flavor. You need to be able to take a woman into more intense spaces to be able to spank her, choke her, lead her with dominance, to be able to create more of a polarity between the masculine and the feminine in order to be able to please all sorts of different types of partners who have you know, different sexual needs, and especially when you're with a longer-term partner to keep things hot in the bedroom. Number three, the master lover knows how to take the lead. Now, we can think of sex as analogous to dance. In most partner dancing, we have a leader and a follower. Usually, the man is leading and the woman is following. Now, if you have a situation where both parties are trying to lead, then it means you're going to end up stepping on each other's feet and jerking each other around and getting in the way of any kind of flow or partner communication that's going on. If neither side is leading, then nothing much happens. So, we can see this in the bedroom. The man that is not confident and clear about what he wants, who's not able to give the woman direction, who's not able to take command and take the lead of her, this puts her in the situation where either she has to like wait around and nothing much happens, or she's forced into the position of being proactive and taking the lead, which is usually not the situation that she wants to be in. I'm not saying that this always has to be rigid. It's awesome if a woman initiates sex or initiates a sex act or takes the lead in some aspect of the sexual play. But for the most part, most women are going to want the man to be the active dance partner, right? To be the one that's telling her what he wants to do, getting her into different positions, telling her what he wants to give and what he wants to take. And it's important that that is cleanly communicated. For example, if you want a girl to get on top of you into cowgirl position, then the right thing to do as the clear communicating dominant is to say, come and sit on my cock. It's not to ask a question, hey, babe, do you want to like maybe get on top, right? Because that's not sexy. She wants you to know what you want. And right now, I want you to sit on me or right now, I want you to turn around. I don't say, uh, would you maybe, you know, maybe a little bit of the old doggy, right? Because it's not sexy. It doesn't communicate that I'm a man who's in command and that I'm a powerfully sexually competent male. Whereas learning to make requests, give commands, of course, if she doesn't want to follow the command, she can say no or she can say her, her safe word. That's totally fine. But we need to take a jump out into the unknown to be able to make our needs heard and in order to be able to get our needs met and vice versa. So vitally important that you are the primary leading dance partner. Number four is the ability to have clean, clear communication with your partner and also to hold a space of non-judgment for her. We can't expect to know everything about our partner's body and desires just through intuition, right? There's a lot that we can figure out by watching her non-verbal responses, right? Watching her blush, hearing the noises she's making, seeing how she adjusts and tilts her hips backwards or forwards to get deeper or more shallow penetration and so on. So there are lots of non-verbal cues that you do want to be aware of, and you do want to develop the ability to be present time aware 
to be actually really in your body, not up in your head thinking about baseball scores or what you're going to do next, so that you can read the present time needs of the moment. However, we can't only rely on that. We need to be able to open verbal channels of communication with our partner, either before, during, or after sex, so that we can figure out what we could improve and what are some things the woman may wish to try, and so we can get a real sense of what's going on for her in her internal fantasy world and to understand her particular anatomy. An example of this is how you would go about mastering a new woman's vagina. Now, if I'm just trying to use my intuition and I'm fingering her, for example, or rubbing her clit, and I'm just guessing or doing what I did with my last girlfriend because I think that's what you should do with every woman, then I might get it right, but very likely I'll get it wrong. I'll be in slightly the wrong position or I'll be doing it a bit too hard or a bit too soft or a bit too fast. This is where clean communication comes in. So in that situation, usually what I do is I'll place my hand on a pussy, I'll start to do broad strokes, and then I'll start to zero in on the clit. What I won't say is, is this good? Because if you just ask a woman, is this good? Most of the time, she's probably going to say yes, because she's perhaps worried about your ego. And in the past, if she's tried to correct a man, he's been too proud about it. So it's kind of easier to, to just say yes and then fake it rather than trying to give instructions to a man when she's not clear that he's going to take them. But what I would do in this situation is give her only options for me to improve. All right, so what does that look like? It means I'm rubbing and I say something like this, is this the right spot or do I need to move it somewhere? Or is this speed good or do you want it faster or slower? Right, so she has options there. I mean, if I am doing it right, she can say, shut up, that's great, keep doing what you're doing. But because I've given her the options to improve it with this clean, clear communication, and it's obvious that I want to learn about her in order to give her more pleasure, I'm not doing this for my ego, then she's going to give me actually accurate feedback. So then she can say, oh, that's almost a little bit to the left. And I go, it's a bit to the left. And I go, okay, and is the speed good or faster or slower? And she says, no, that speed's really good. Cool. Now within you know under a minute, basically, I've learned more or less how to touch this particular woman's vagina in a way that's pleasurable for her specifically. And it's something that, you know, within that one or two minutes of clear communication, I may end up knowing more about her than her previous boyfriends who didn't take the time or didn't know how to communicate it properly. And connected to this is a sense of non-judgment. If you want to get the best out of your lovers, you want to see them go totally wild and get crazy kinky porn star sex out of your girls then they need to know that you don't judge them or women in general about what they choose to do sexually. If you give any indication that you think what she wants is weird or taboo or makes her a freak of some sort, she will shut down. And if that's the way you operate, unfortunately, you'll only ever get to see a small segment of female sexuality. They tend to save the crazy wild stuff for the guys that they know are going to be totally cool with it that think that it's awesome that she expresses her sexuality, that they're not judging her for it. A wise woman once said to me, you can't fuck every woman the same way. Which brings us to point number five, which is that the master lover understands how to adapt and change what he's doing to the specific needs of each individual woman. Now, there's not so much variety when it comes to male anatomy and what you would do with a male cock if you As a woman, know how to give a blowjob. You can probably give a good blowjob to most men on the planet. But when it comes to women, there is a massive range of variation in their responses to touch. Some women, you know, you barely kind of blow on the clitoris and it's almost too sensitive. And if you were to touch her on the glands, you know, underneath the hood, it would be way too sensitive. For her, it would be better to be touching over the hood or up near the root of the clitoris. 
and she might be needing a really delicate, sensitive pressure. For another woman, you might need to kind of lean your body weight and like scrub really hard because she likes really intense pressure. For either of those women, if you're well off, it's not going to be pleasant at all. If I'm doing the really hard rubbing on the girl who's super sensitive, then I'm going to wear her out and she's not going to want me to touch her again. And if I'm there with my little fairy touch on the girl who wants you to get in there and give it some elbow grease, then she's going to be bored and going, oh, it's like getting one of those massages where the person's just kind of just touching you, like, just stick your elbow in, come on. And also understand that the very same woman can change depending on her mood, depending on her menstrual, where she is in her, her menstrual cycle, depending on how turned on she is and whether she's had an orgasm or not yet. So we need to be able to understand that you can't go into any kind of sexual liaison thinking, I know what I'm doing and I'm going to do all my stuff, right? I've got my six, eight, ten cool sex tricks in my mind and I'm going to blow this woman away by running a train on her with them. Okay, they may be good techniques, but they may not be good for her or we may, may need to adapt them or change the order of them. We may need to have a discussion about some of these things first to negotiate and get consent because it might be something that she's never tried before and she's not sure if she wants to try it, right? So there are so many aspects to sex that need you to be able to adapt to the needs of the woman and to be able to grade and adjust and shift that throughout a play session, right? We may start off really super sensitive and soft with our first three strokes at least and sooner or later we may ramp up and she may really want you to get wild and rambunctious and be slapping her around. But if I do the harsh slapping around straight away, she's not warmed up. She's not in the right space. I haven't adapted to the needs of the moment. And so it puts her in her head or she resists or it feels like it's painful and she wants to stop the play. Whereas if I am there with her present time, reading her responses, both intuitively and also checking in with her verbally or proposing things verbally as and when needed, seeing where her limits are, adjusting them, maybe ramping them up, in tandem with her desire as opposed to my egotistical need to like, I don't know, do more cool stuff, then we're going to be getting in sync with that partner. Then you're going to be able to move from partner to partner and within a night, most likely, or within a short amount of time, be able to refigure out what does this woman respond to? How is her unique body being affected by what it is that I'm doing? What do I need to adjust in order to make this perfect for her? This is a, the massive difference between the guy that is the cool sex trips, tricks guy, you know, who's done some research on the internet or learned how to do this with a squirting or learn a bit of rope tying or something, and the actual masterful lover, right? The master is a master of improvisation, of adaption, of communication, of consent, right? Of non-judgment, of holding a container and a space for the woman to go wild and express her rawest desire within, as opposed to the guy that's like, okay... Line, get ready for my four cool sex moves. They better be really cool to make up for the lack of adaption and ability to adjust to the needs of the woman. Much better to figure out how to have this subtle level of communication. So there you have it. Five quick tips to improve your bedroom skills. But as I said at the beginning, if you're spending all of your time just focusing in on approaching conversation, trying to ask girls out on dates, you're going to be moving very slowly. This step-by-step -step chronological approach, often it doesn't work because men tend to give up before they get to the end. You need to be working on the approaching, sure, but you also need to be working on what happens when it works, right? You don't want to be in a situation where you self-sabotage because you don't feel confident enough to actually close the deal or to do it properly. Becoming a master lover has been, for me, one of the most profound things in my life. I know 
that when I get in bed with a girl, it's going to rock her world. And I know that she's going to come back because why wouldn't she? There are so few men on the planet who really know how to please not just one woman, maybe their girlfriend that they spend a long time with, but different types of women in a short period of time, guys that are able to quickly communicate, quickly understand, and quickly integrate different fantasies and desires that the woman has, and then can draw from this massive toolkit of possible sequences and techniques that he can choose from to create endless combinations of delicious erotic delights. Thanks so much for listening to the Natural Lifestyles Podcast. Check us out on YouTube at The Natural TV. See you on the next episode.